So you've got your podcast rolling. It's been rolling for some time now, and you're enjoying putting out content for your audience, and they seem to be enjoying it too. But there's a few hiccups. There's things that happen in the podcast production cycle that just always seem to trip you up. The things that you don't like doing or that take way too long to do, and the things that you honestly maybe don't really even know how to do well. One of those things that I hear about quite often is show notes. I mean, what the heck are show notes anyway? Is it the description you see in the podcast players when people click on the description there? Or is it a blog post that you put on your website? Or is it something else? I don't blame you for the confusion because the word is used in various ways all across the podcasting industry. And I have to admit, me and my team, we've made up our own definition for what good show notes are as well. And in this episode, I'm going to pull back the curtain and explain to you what we consider to be good show notes. And beyond that, we're going to explain to you exactly how we create them and why you should do something similar to what we do. In the various platforms, it matters. In the way things display, it matters. And if you don't know those things, you won't know that you're, quote unquote, doing it wrong. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. Podcastification is all about you, teaching you how to podcast, how to put into practice the best practices that I and my team have learned in working with hundreds of clients. You are going to podcast better from listening to this show. If you like what you hear on Podcastification, please just hit the pause button, swipe to the sharing function on your app, and share this episode with somebody you know will benefit. And if you'd like to get in on more Podcastification goodness, you can do it by subscribing to our Podcast Optimizer email series. And I promise you, you won't get lots of junk. You'll just get one actionable email a week. Go to podcastfasttrack.com slash optimizer. That is enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Podcast show notes are such a pain, aren't they? I mean, just having to sit down and type out a bunch of text that some people will use, many people won't use, and you're not even convinced that it is really going to make all that much difference. Is it even worth your time? Well, I'm here to tell you as a guy who has done show notes for five to six years and provides them to clients week after week after week. They are important. They do have some great benefits. I'm going to walk you through all of that today. Now, to kick us all off, let me just make you aware of something in case you didn't know it. For the first time ever, podcast show notes display almost the same in all podcasting apps. So that means Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts, uh, Google Podcasts, whatever it is you use to listen to podcasts. When you swipe to the description for an episode, you're going to see them almost the same in every app, which means that your formatting of your podcast notes is going to be maintained from app to app to app in most cases. And that's a win for us because we don't have to create different versions for different apps. We can actually produce our show notes in one monster document and then repurpose sections of it for various apps, platforms, locations, that sort of stuff. Now, don't sweat all that. I'm going to walk you through that in this episode. But this fact of all the apps displaying the same 
brings up the question, what are show notes anyway, and how can I best use them? You see, because some people talk about show notes as that description in the apps. Others talk about show notes as a blog post on your website. Which is it? Well, in my view, all of that is show notes. (laughs) That's how we think of it here at Podcast Fast Track, because we're going to create that monster document that I mentioned, and we're going to reuse it in different ways. Now, when I started creating show notes as a service through our business podcast, Fast Track, I realized that there's a couple of hurdles you have to get over. First off, at that time, things didn't display the same in different platforms. And so you had to figure out ways to create a document in the least amount of time, but very effectively that could serve to provide content for the different platforms and look okay in all of those platforms. Well, what that led me to was realizing I could kill two birds with one stone by making that monster document that can make the most of the episode content from a text standpoint in all the platforms. You really need both a longer blog post on your website for the sake of SEO and for the sake of website visitors finding something there on your podcast pages that is worth looking at. And you need that shorter abbreviated content that pulls into the podcast apps from your media host account like Libsyn or Captivate or Buzzsprout or one of those places. So instead of creating separate documents or posts for those two things, what I do and what I suggest you do is create that monster document that you can use in a variety of ways to fulfill both needs. And while you're at it, you can repurpose some of that content you've written for social media elements. You know, the little paragraphs or tweets that you would put out on social media to promote the episode. But before we get into all that, there's one other thing that I want to say all about this. Your listeners are not going to know what you've created in terms of show notes if you don't guide them to it. You know, you may follow the steps that I'm about to give you in this episode and create the best show notes on the planet or the best show notes within your industry, your niche. But if your audience doesn't know they're available, they are not going to use them. So write this down, tattoo this inside your eyelids so you see it all the time. It's your job to ensure that your audience knows about the resources that you create for them. So I suggest that you figure out a way to remind yourself to tell your audience about your show notes every time you record a new episode. What I suggest to my clients is that they create a document that I call an episode guide. It's nothing more complex than a bullet point list that you use when you record the episode. And those bullet points are reminders to you of all the important stuff that you need to say at some point in the episode. You might want to figure out a certain place in your episode that you're always going to say it. I suggest you not become too predictable in it because then people might skip that section because they know it's the blah, blah, blah that they hear all the time. So vary it up. But anyway, you want to add a reference to your show notes to that list. And you want to mention it in the different ways that they might be able to find them. So Keep in mind that as they're listening to you, they're likely listening on some sort of a podcast player or app on their phone. So you might say, check the show notes, which you can find right there in your podcast app by swiping to the description for this episode. And all those links and references will be found there. You see what I just did there? I made it easy for the listener in the context that they're in driving on their treadmill sitting at the grocery store, waiting for their spouse to come out, you know, whatever. I'm making it easy for them to know where to locate those show notes. Now, in addition to what I just said, you could also say, or you can find it 
on my website at podcastfasttrack.com slash 157. And by the way, that slash 157 is possible because I use a plugin called Pretty Links, which enables me to give every blog post a shorter link like 157. That's easier to remember, easier to type, just makes it simpler. So that way you can refer to it confidently without having to remember this long episode title like this one, 157 Podcast Show Notes, Best Practices and Strategy. I don't have to tell my audience that because I can just tell them 157. So where do you include that call to action about your show notes? Well, I just talked about varying it up. You know, you want to make mention of your show notes as a standard part of your call to action for each episode, but you also want to make sure that when you share content with your guests, if you have guests and you're asking them to share about the episode, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you want to let them know that you have show notes as well. You want to give them that 157 sort of a link to it and comment to them that if they would share the episode at that location, listeners to the episode can find all the resources, the information about them, et cetera. See, you're trying to engage your guest as an advocate for that episode because they are featured on it. So remember, your listeners will become aware of your show notes and become accustomed to looking at them when they need a resource because you point them to it. Just be consistent. Okay, so let's move on to the part that you're really listening to this episode for, and that is how to make that monster show notes document. I mean, it sounds intimidating when I say it that way, I know, but it's not really that much of a monster. It's just a master document that you want to use. And what I use is Google Docs. You just create a Google Docs that is a template for your show notes. So you want to put in there all the things that are going to be included in every show notes document, like your contact information, like a section for your guests' contact information, like a section for resources that are going to be mentioned, like a bullet point outline with timestamps. By the way, did you know that in many podcast players, those timestamps are actually clickable? So people can see that at, at 20 minutes and 21 seconds, you talked about XYZ and they really want to know about XYZ. So they can just tap on that link and go directly there in your episode. That may not sound like a good thing to you, but it really is because you're improving the user experience and they are going to like your podcast better if they have a better user experience. So those are all just examples of things you might want to include in this show notes document. Like I said, I do it in a Google Doc. The reason I do it in a Google Doc is because when I type in a link, it's automatically a link. If I want to highlight text and then put a link behind it, then when I click the link thing, it has a built-in Google search so I can find the resource for that link immediately and never leave my document. You see, Google Docs has a lot to say for it. Now, there's some drawbacks as well, which I'll point out to you in a moment, but that's how I do it. I create one document that I label as a template and I reuse it for every episode. And so what I do first is I click on it. I right click. I make a copy or duplicate whatever your version shows. And then that new copy is what I use for the new episode. So all of those things are what I put in my template. So I'm going to have a section. Let's, let's just walk through it for a moment. Let's walk through all the things that I will put in my show notes template. First of all, I'll have a basic introduction paragraph. So picture this intro paragraph like this, a new potential listener finds your show on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Your cover art is catchy and exciting and it catches their eye and they decide to click through to see what your show's all about. The next thing they're going to see is an 
episode title that's intriguing. We'll get to that in a moment. And they decide to click through to read the description of the episode. This is the section that they're going to see when they do that. This introductory basic intro paragraph. It needs to be compelling. It needs to be interesting. It needs to be on topic. Because remember, they clicked through because they saw a title they were interested in. Your first paragraphs need to promise them that what they saw in the title is actually going to be in this episode. And you want to do it in as few words as possible. Now, I would say don't be salesy. Don't be schmarmy. Don't be clickbaity. Don't be scammy. Be honest about what it is. And think about it from your reader's perspective. You don't want to say, in this episode of my amazing podcast, I talk with guests. And you see, all those words were throwaway words in my mind. I think you should be saying something at the beginning like this. Have you ever struggled with XYZ? My guest on this episode has. His name is this. He does this. And he's found that he overcomes XYZ by doing this. Get all the details in this episode. You see what I'm saying? You're trying to get right to the point, make it compelling, make it something they want to listen to by that short paragraph description, because they may not click any further if they don't find that paragraph as something that draws them into the topic. So make it short, make it to the point, and imagine that each sentence you write is leading to the next sentence to guide the reader along. Now, there's some folks who will include bios for their guests here. But I find bios to be too boring and too hard to read, especially when they get to the point of he serves as chairman of blah, 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 and is a part of the blah, blah, blah council. And his blah, blah, blah is blah, blah, blah. And he's married to blah, blah, and has two kids and a fuzzy dog named blah, blah. That just, I find that boring. I don't want to know all that stuff when I'm looking at an introductory paragraph because I tend to scan it. And I think most internet readers do the same. So my advice is don't waste your time with long, all-inclusive bios. If you want to include that later, do it later in the guest section of your notes, which we'll get to in a moment. Okay, I talked about that timestamp bullet point outline of content. It's optional, but it is clickable. So I think it could be helpful for your user experience. I always include it because it enables your reader, who does tend to scan things, to easily scan through and see the main topics and issues covered in the audio. It's kind of like bait. It's tempting them to listen because it's showing them all the goodies that are inside the audio of the episode. And I include this in the media host players because in most players, like I said, those timestamps are clickable. That's one of the things that you want to consider when you're considering, do I want a timestamp bullet point outline at all? Now, let me say this. Timestamps can be problematic because it means you have to listen to the episode again after it's edited to get those timestamps right, correct? But transcripts can help you there. You can use transcripts to help you with the timestamps because many of the AI-generated transcript machines that are out there now can toggle on or off timestamps. And they're usually at the beginning of a paragraph or when a new speaker begins speaking, they'll put a timestamp so that you know what it is. Now, let me just remind you, if you edit your episodes and you put that timestamp down as the timestamp for a topic, it's not going to be right. Well, why is that? Well, because you probably got a produced episode intro that came before that. So you got to add that time to your timestamp and vice versa. If you made edits, blah, 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 that timestamp changes, but it will get you in the ballpark. It will show you where in the episode audio 
to go and find something related to that topic. And then you can hone in from there and find the exact timestamp. That's just a little hack, something I've learned. But you want to consider the timestamp bullet point outline for that reason. Now, you also want to include a resource section. And this is links to things and people that have been mentioned. I don't include things like Google or YouTube. If someone says, Google it, or I found on YouTube this or that, I'm not going to include those links because everybody knows what those are. They know how to find them. But I'm going to include links for apps or software programs or online courses or people or books or things that I as a listener might find intriguing and want to know more about. So if you decide to link to resources that are that sort of thing, then include that in this resource section. Also, this is a good place to provide affiliate links for products or services that you endorse, or perhaps that your guest endorses. Now, if you decide to link to those kinds of things, then you need to do the right thing and disclose on that text that it is an affiliate relationship. That's actually the law, if you didn't know that. If you put a link that leads to an affiliate, you have to disclose that. The best way to do it is just put a little brackets right behind the link that says affiliate link. All right, another section that I'm going to include in my show notes template is a contact for my guests section. This is information about how my listeners can connect with them. I'm going to include their website, social media profiles, etc. Some people will just include the things that the guest mentions, but some folks have an intake form for their guests and ask their guests for all their social handles and include all of that. You can do whatever fits your vibe. You can do whatever your guest prefers. It doesn't really have to be the same every episode. But I would just say, be sure you include something so that people who are interested in your guest can find out more. That's one of those ways that you serve your guest, which helps them have more enthusiasm for sharing the episode that they were on. So keep that in mind. As you serve your guest well, as you make your guest look good, they're going to become an advocate for the episode that they were on. So make it easy for them and make them look good in your show notes document. I also, on all of my show notes templates, would include contact info for you as the host. Now, that may sound funny to you because if this is on your website, they know how to contact you because they're already on your website. But remember, you're going to be using portions of this in your podcast player description that goes in your media host account for your episode. So you want people who are listening there to have a quick way to contact you. And you can refer to it in your episode. Contact me by scrolling. Wiping to the description in your podcast player or app, and you'll see contact information right there. Include your preferred ways of being contact, and even perhaps put it near the top of the post when you post it to your media host account so listeners can easily find it. Everything up to this point is what I would include in your media host account, because that is where all of the apps, Apple, Google, Spotify, all those places, that's where they're going to get their descriptions from. So you want it to be shorter, you want it to be concise, you want it to be the main stuff, the stuff that's most important. And like I said, put your contact information toward the top so it's easy for them to find. But now let's move on and talk about the rest of my monster document that I'm creating. That's stuff that's going to go on your blog post, in addition to all the things I've already mentioned. And this is a place where transcripts can come in very, very helpful. I just told you how you can use transcriptions as kind of a shortcut into creating your show notes documents for every episode. And that really is a time saver when it comes to creating good show notes. But where to source that transcript from 
can be kind of a pain in the neck because there's a lot of services out there. Some are automated with AI, which in my experience don't tend to be all that accurate. And others, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get. And the, the ones that are human sourced, those are pretty expensive. So what's a good option? Well, what I recommend to clients quite often is to find a recording platform, especially if you're doing interview type things where the platform itself provides you captions or transcripts of the conversation. So you don't have to find a separate service to get that transcription. You can just get it baked in to the service you're already using to record your episodes. Now, one of the platforms that we recommend here at Podcast Fast Track all the time is Riverside.fm. Riverside is fairly new on the scene, but I'm telling you, these guys are doing it right. They've got a video and audio recording platform that is high def. And by high def, I mean it is not that compressed audio you hear over Skype or over Zoom. It is crystal clear, pristine audio. And on top of that, there is a version that has crystal clear high def video as well. And I'm going to be doing an episode about why you should be doing video along with your audio podcasting to promote your podcast audience. And we'll get to that in one of these episodes. But Riverside is one of those platforms that includes a transcription. At least there's an option where you can get the transcription. You can convert the podcast and the video into text within seconds because the transcriptions are automated. Now, because it is one of those AI sort of services, I would recommend you go through it as you're using pieces of it for your show notes to make sure that you've got the spelling right and things like that. But the cool thing about the way programs work these days is you get those little red squiggly lines under words that don't make sense, and you're able to catch them fairly quickly from a visual standpoint. So I would encourage you, check out Riverside FM. It's a great recording platform for your podcast in general, much better than Zoom. I mean, I never recommend Zoom anymore, and I don't recommend Skype anymore either. Riverside and platforms like it have really made those things kind of obsolete for people who are in the know. So if you want to try out Riverside, I'm going to include my affiliate link to Riverside in the show notes for this episode. And remember, I don't hawk things at you because they make me money. I give you things that I think will benefit you. And this transcript feature of Riverside is one of those things that I think will help you get through the show notes hurdle much quicker and much more effectively. Check out the link for my Riverside affiliate. And if you sign up, send me a message and tell me that you signed up using my link and I'll send you my video that gives you a walkthrough of Riverside to show you how to use the platform and make the most of it. All right, let's get back to talking about show notes. Okay, the reason that transcripts might be very helpful for you here is not so you just copy and paste a transcript in for the rest of your show notes. No, 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 not at all. Have you ever read a transcript? They can be the most boring things. The grammar's awful because we don't speak like we write. And so the writing version of what we speak often is just disjointed and it doesn't make sense. You want to use your transcript as fodder for your blog post, as an ability to take the content in its raw form and then refine it into a better form that's more readable and more engaging. So the blog post that accompanies your episode should have all the stuff I've already talked, but it should also have content of, I would say, 500 words or more for the sake of search engine optimization to make your posts perhaps rank in Google for the topics that you're talking about. You want this blog post to be focusing on the conversation that's 
included in your episode, or if it's a solo episode, the content that you're talking about. I say 500 words because Google recommends 500 to 600 words minimum. So that's what my team aims for as a minimum. But that's also going to include all the stuff I've mentioned so far. So that goes into your word count. So don't think you've got to have this 17-page show notes document. You don't. But you do have to have enough content that Google considers it to be substantive enough to possibly rank it. This section is where I'm going to use my show notes. I'm going to find a section that I think was very interesting within the podcast. I'm going to grab that section from the transcript. I'm going to paste it into my document here, and then I'm going to reword it and revamp it so that it's more compelling, more interesting, more easy to read. You see how the transcript can make your job of creating show notes much easier. And then I'm going to write a header after that, introducing another topic that I thought was interesting. I'm going to go to the transcript and I'm going to find that section, paste it in and do the same thing. Revamp it to be more compelling and interesting. Now, here's a little tip for you. The bullet points that you've already created from your bullet point outline will probably give you great ideas for good headers and the content that that header should cover. So instead of scanning through your transcript to try to find content and what was the best and what was that? Well, just go back to your bullet point outline. What did you think was interesting there? That is probably the stuff you should be including in your show notes document. And something I haven't said so far is when you write these paragraphs, I would write them in a way that doesn't give away the farm. And what I mean by that is don't tell every single answer to every question in the text of your blog post. The reason for that is because the blog post itself is not your end goal. Your end goal is to have people listen to your audio. And so you want to write just enough and write it in a way that's compelling and makes the person curious that they will then conclude in their own mind, this sounds very interesting. I think I want to listen to this episode. And they go right to the top of your show notes page and they click the player and they begin listening. Or if they're on an app, they hit the play button on that app. That's what you want. Because then they're able to hear all the goodies in your audio and decide this is a podcast I want to listen to consistently and they might subscribe or become one who follows your show. Now, what else should you include in your blog post? Well, I would also include images if possible. Some media host plugins and things like that don't allow for images inside the post, but others do. Some people just post this directly on their blog post without the help of a media host plugin and they're able to put images in there. You can do it. You can use various programs that are out there to create compelling looking images for your particular posts. I would suggest Canva. I would suggest Snappa. I would suggest Stencil and Easel. These are all things that I will include in the notes for this episode, which by the way, you can find by swiping to the description in your podcast player or app right now and find those links. See what I did there? And you can create these images and include them in your blog post. Now, why are images important? Well, first off, Google says they're important. Google says the more media rich your page is, the more likely it is to rank or the more likely Google is to find it something that people might enjoy. So you're not writing for Google's sake and you're not including images for Google's sake. You're including images because they're things people will enjoy when they come to your page. Those images amplify your message and you want to tick that box of making it more enjoyable for your readers. So there are lots of free tools out there. I've already mentioned them. And when you use images, you want to make sure that the title 
of the image. So in other words, your file name includes keywords that you're hoping to rank for, for that particular post. And then the image will also have what's called an alt tag. The alt tag is actually used for people with disabilities who are visually impaired to be able to read that text to them and tell them what that image is about. So use that alt tag appropriately. Tell what the image is and why it pertains to the post. If you can include keywords in that, all the better. Let's talk about repurposing this master document that we've created even further than what I've described. Not only are you going to use the top section that I described in your media host description area so that your apps get fed with summaries and bullet point outlines and contact info for you and your guests and all the resources, you're also going to use your entire document as the basis for creating social media content. Let's just think through what we've already created here. You've created bullet point outlines and headers. Those typically can be easily refashioned into great tweets. You've got to reformat them slightly to be intriguing and appealing. You might want to include hashtags for the platforms like Twitter and Instagram. But keep in mind, you've already got some short, catchy statements. Reuse them. Reuse them for tweets. In our template, we have a section at the bottom for social media elements. And we will just copy out all the headers and we'll paste them in that section. Then we'll reformat them in that section. And then we have them available to put into our social media platforms of choice. Don't forget to include relevant hashtags. I already mentioned that, but remember, people on those platforms use hashtags to find content and to track content and that sort of thing. So use relevant hashtags, but don't overdo it. You want to be selective. And then the blog post paragraphs that you created can easily be refashioned into great social media posts for places like Facebook and LinkedIn. Again, you'll need to rework them a little bit. You may have to put guests' last names at places because it's out of the context of the entire post, so people won't know who you're talking about. If you say Greg said, you need to say Greg who and and maybe who he is, why he's important, and then use hashtags there as well. And on both Twitter and the other platforms, remember this, please remember this, don't forget to include a link back to your podcast episode on your website. (laughs) That's where I recommend you send them. Because there, they can not only read the entire show notes, they can not only click a player and listen to your episode right there, but they also can begin looking at the other goodies that you provide on your website. Do you see? You want to send people where they can find out more about what you're posting on social media. Now, let me just give you a little bonus tip here about social media. The last thing you want to do when you're sharing your episode content on social media is to say, here's my latest episode and drop a link. Nobody's going to click that. Nobody ever does click that. That's like a waste of time and energy for you and everybody who sees it. You need to write that post as if you're trying to help someone. They don't know you're trying to help them just by dropping a link. In fact, they think you're just trying to promote yourself. So what you need to do is say, have you ever struggled with XYZ? I've found it very difficult. And the reason it's been difficult is ABC. I had a great conversation with so-and-so recently, and they've overcome XYZ in some ways that I found amazing. You can hear our conversation here. Put the link and relevant hashtags and post that baby to social media. Do you see what I did there? I gave people a reason to listen to that episode. 
I gave them a context in which they might find it important and relevant to their lives. So you need to do the same thing. All right, now that is our master document for show notes. And in the resources for this episode, in my show notes for this episode, which you can find at podcastfasttrack.com slash 157 or in your podcast player or app that you're using right now. You see what I did there? You can find another link to a sample show notes template. It's a Google Doc that is based on what we use here at our company. You can go up to the file section, hit duplicate or copy and make a copy for yourself to keep in your own Google Drive and use it as the basis for your monster show notes template. I hope you find this episode helpful. Show notes are important. Show notes are something that take time. But if you or someone on your team can build a system like we have that is refined and reuses the same template all the time and knows how to use the content you're creating in multiple ways, you'll find that it really doesn't take as much time and isn't as laborious as you think. Now, one other thing I want to mention before I sign off here, I've done four episodes previously about show notes which this episode is based on. Those four go into more detail on different elements of what I've talked about on this episode. If you want to find them, they are in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at podcastfasttrack.com slash 157 or in the podcast player or app description that you're using right now. Do you see what I did there? I hope you took some notes on what goes into proper show notes. I hope you also are planning to leverage the idea of building one monster document and then repurposing that content to all the different places in the ways that fit those places. You see, because it matters. It matters because of your listener experience. It matters for ease of use. Just like a product that you purchase or a service that you buy and you find it exasperating or frustrating to use, your show notes can very much be the same thing if you don't know what you're doing. And now that you've listened, you know what to do. That's all the time we have for today. Go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.